0: We are going to be live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, tonight we have a big show. As all of you know, I have a real admiration for artistic talent. And tonight, well, tonight we have actual talent on the No Outlet Podcast. In fact, I'm going to go out on a very sturdy limb here and state that tonight's guest is probably the most talented person that we've ever had on the show. Uh, And that's saying something. Um, Our guest has been a part of a Broadway production. Uh, He has been in TV shows. He's been in movies. He was the artistic director of UCB NYC. He is the creator and host of Characters Welcome, which is an amazing YouTube channel that you guys should all check out. And he is also, believe it or not, the founder of the Squirrel Comedy Theater. I could go on and on, but I think I've made my point uh, you'll not be surprised, being the improv nerd that I am, to hear that I'm a huge fan of this guy's work, and I'm really, really excited to have him on the show. So please give a warm, no-outlet welcome to Michael Hartney.
1: Wow. Ethan, best intro I've ever received. Thank you.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being on. And we're going to play a game called 20 Questions And that game always starts in the exact same place, and that's question number one. So, Michael, you've done a lot of things, as I just listed, but have you ever seen a UFO?
1: Ethan, I was walking down what I think was 56th Street. Okay. And I did see something rise from, like, street level very quickly in a way that I could not explain and I watched it for minutes and minutes and minutes, um, till it got so high that it disappeared. Uh, I don't have any idea what it was. I don't think it was a spaceship, but it definitely was a flying object that I could not identify. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling it a UFO.
0: That's, that's it. And, uh, I've only, the reason, go ahead.
1: No, I just said that's it. I yeah. just echoed
0: you. <clears throat> no, I, I agree, and uh, the only reason why I asked that question uh, is last summer, uh, for the first time in my life, I was at York Beach, Maine. Me and my sister were on a deck looking up, and we both saw it, so I wasn't alone, and there was this triangle-type object with three big lights that was moving. It was clearly not a plane, and it was clearly not, you know, like a shooting star or anything like that. And then it was almost like the minute we started to get people, like, hey, come over here, take a look at this, it kind of just faded away. And, uh, wow, then, yeah, and I'm pretty much convinced that that was some type of unclassified or unsealed, I should say, classified military vehicle. Um much more likely than somebody from, you know, Neptune or something like that. But we we share something in common. Gotta yeah. Be. Gotta be. Um, all right. So as I mentioned previously, you've been involved with Broadway. So this is gonna be a tough question. I apologize. But what is your favorite Broadway show of all time?
1: Wow. Um, that is tough. Um well, let me answer in two ways. Okay. One is I think what people probably want to know is what my favorite musical is. Well, I've not seen it on Broadway, so I can't say it's my favorite Broadway show. Okay. But my favorite musical is Pippin. Okay. Uh, great. then, uh, the best thing I ever saw in my whole life on Broadway was the pillow man. The pillow uh, man the play the pillow man. Yeah. It was, um, uh, uh, uh it's by Martin McDonough. Okay. And, uh, it, uh, starred Billy Crudup and Michael Stolbar. Oh, sure. And it was just unbelievable.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have only been to three Broadway... I mean, I don't live in New York, so it's not as easy, but I've, been, I've seen Hairspray um, with... Uh, Same. Uh, amazing. And I saw uh, Les Mis, which was good, but I was too young and stupid to really appreciate what I was seeing. I was a junior, it, sure. I was a junior in high school and I was more interested in, you know, where are we gonna sneak booze into the hotel room afterwards um than I was <laughs> to to look at the majesty that was before me. Um and so I I want to go back and see that again if possible. I don't think it's I don't think it is possible. And just a quick shout out there is a a a place in Agunquit, Maine called the Agunquit Playhouse and even though that's not Broadway, clearly, um, they put on such an amazing version of Jersey Boys that um, I, I can't believe that it wasn't on Broadway. These people did not miss a note. They didn't miss a dance step. The One of the members of the Four Seasons, the guy that wrote all the songs, Bobby, I forget his last name now, was actually in the audience. So I don't know if they were, like, extra good for him, but um, it, it gives you a whole <laughs> new level of appreciation for – for what they're doing up there, it's
1: it's not easy. You're not gonna believe this, but okay. I have also been to the Hogunkwa Playhouse. There you go. What a place, right? Yeah, I saw Judd Hirsch in something. <laughs> All I remember was that Judd Hirsch was in it. What the hell was it? Well it was
0: quite good. Judd oh, Hirsch, man. he's been in a couple and it's Sally terrifying. Struthers is always there. She seems to be there every summer. <gasps> Um, oh, that's awesome. she's my a mom, regular. That's um, all right. So, uh, two part question here. A, did you watch the Oscars? <laughs> yes. Okay. And I think you know what part B is B. What is your opinion of the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation?
1: Oh God. I cannot believe I'm being asked this because here's, here's my opinion. Okay no one should give a shit what I think about this. <laughs> Okay. because so many people have weighed in just the dumbest people alive are like, well, the world needs to know what I think of this <laughs> and I need to extrapolate meaning from it across racial lines and gender lines. And it's like, I can't, and alopecia can't. lines. Yeah, the yeah. discourse is just so toxic, and I refuse to contribute to
0: it. Oh, I am, you know what? I love that. I love that, Michael. So it's so funny, because from the time that I was, you know, I was trying to put together a nice list of questions for you, and from the time that I first wrote this down, which was only like, I don't know, a few days ago, right after it happened, to now I'm like, oh, do I still want to ask that question, because it's so tired already. Um, so, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow suit, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to answer either.
1: All right. Well, thank you. I'm sorry to have not been a team player, but I do think it is. That was the most me answer to that question.
0: That's all I can ask for. Go with
1: my gut. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: sometimes no answer is the best answer. So I'll take that. (laughs) Okay. You've got a choice. For the rest of eternity, you can have either caffeine or alcohol, but you can't have both. Which one do you pick? Caffeine. Well, that was easy.
1: Not even close.
0: Yeah. I think I'd have to choose the same because there's so much more utility uh, from caffeine, and you can keep going. Whereas, exactly, you know, alcohol. And I'm only
1: hopelessly addicted to one of them, and it's caffeine. <laughs> that's
0: right. Um, so, you, are you a, a Starbucks person, or do you go to a local place
1: around where you live? Uh, I generally just because I've been working from home in this insane um, time we live in. Um, We've been grinding beans at home and making oh, coffee at home, even better. But normal in the normal, my normal rhythm was certainly going to Starbucks, right? Yep, absolutely.
0: Okay, here we go. This is uh, a question about improv. So, some people may think that you know it is antithetical, that improv comedy has some type of a format or a structure. Um, but it actually has several. And one of the most used, and I think probably one of the most well-known, is something called the Herald for those people that are listening and in the studio audience here that don't know about it. Um, And over the past three to four years, I've been engaged with different classes and studying. I went through UCB, and um, I really uh, appreciated having the Herald as a framework to learn from Um, But then the more involved I get, and the more people I talk to, it appears to me, and I could be wrong, um, that some people, you know, live and breathe by it. And other people uh, seem to have the opinion that it might be kind of old and antiquated and maybe, you know, not doing what it could still be doing. And and they want to have a little bit more freedom to express improv in a different way. Um, And so I'm asking you, what is your opinion on the Herald's Place Uh, as the de facto improv format, or in general?
1: Um, I love the Herald. I love the Herald for a bunch of different reasons. One is just the level of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can do a Herald, you're good at improv. If you can do a good Herald, you're good at improv. Yeah. Um, I think um, another thing I love about Herald is it is conducive to a variety of types of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm in the game to do, baby. I want to play a bunch of different characters. I want to be a bunch of different things. Right. I want to show people a bunch of sides of what I can do in 30 minutes. Um, my guess is that part of how the Herald, I believe, has fallen out of favor um, is because a lot of the theaters teaching the Herald have fallen out of favor. Oh, interesting. And I think it is unwise to throw out the baby with the bathwater because I think there is so much to gain from um, practicing Harold, being good at Harold, yeah. watching Harold, doing Harold. I like them.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I, I really appreciated it again as a way to learn. But then when I would watch an improv performance, whether it was live or taped, you know, having that knowledge of, okay, now they're doing, you know, the this is a different type of opening that I haven't seen before, and here's the first beat, second beat, and trying to pick those out and see where they're going to go. I felt like it, if you know about it, it also gives you a chance to, maybe this sounds stupid, but almost, you know, appreciate it a little bit more on the other side.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's another great thing about Harold. It's like, if you know it well, there's a there's fun in – playing along with the show. Yeah. And if you don't know Harold's structure, it's fun to just be taken on this ride. And if it's done well, how satisfying is it to like return several minutes later to the thing that was so funny a few minutes ago. Hmm. It's such a nice surprise if you don't know <laughs> that that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree. I love that. All right. Um, what are your thoughts on the long overdue addition of making karaoke an Olympic event?
1: All I can say is um, I've never thought that I could possibly be an Olympic medalist. And now I think I have at least a little glimmer of a shot. So that feels nice. Yeah. I'd like to win one for for my country. <laughs> there you go.
0: Do you have a do you have a go to song?
1: Um I have several go to songs. They are mostly songs I am making fun of while I sing it.
0: That's half the fun. Um,
1: yeah. so I right. The, there is a power ballad, a late Bon Jovi power ballad called "Always." That is so silly, um, and that is one of my go-to's.
0: I gotta check that out. I
1: love. I, I also love the, a high level of difficulty. He really okay. wailed on it. It's okay,
0: crazy. that's see. I, with me, it's less about picking a song that I like or is silly, and more about picking a register that I can deal with. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple sure. of singers that are, you know. Neil Diamond is a perfect example. It's like he's he doesn't have much of a range and neither do I. So it's easy to make that one work. <laughs> Believe it or not, Barry Sweet Manilow. Sweet Caroline,
1: it is, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, but the problem
0: with Sweet Caroline now is it's just overdone. So Crackling yeah, Rose is another good one. But true. Barry Manilow, Copacabana. That's uh, it's hard to beat because it's a story and you kind of act along, and he does not ever go high. He doesn't go low. So it's perfect for someone who can't sing like me. All right. So, uh, where were you? Uh, where and when were you when you saw your first live improv show?
1: Where was I when I first saw my first live improv show? Wow. I, I am. Uh, I think I was 19? nineteen. Yeah. Yes, I was nineteen, and um, it was. I, I went to Chicago and yeah. I saw Second City. So the that's a pretty good first improv show, right? It's a high um, bar. So they did their review first, and then they and then in the second part they did scenes. Um, and yeah, I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the first improv show I ever saw.
0: That's awesome. And and how like what was the progression from there? So you go there, you see it. Like you said, that's a great one to start with. It's almost too good because you know a, a lot of the next improv shows that you might see might not be as good, or maybe they were. Who knows? But when did you say to yourself, okay, not only do I enjoy watching this, but I actually want to. I want to learn how to do this. Like I'm in. Like how do I, how do I get involved?
1: Yeah, I think pretty immediately, uh, you know, my desire to do the things that improvisers do far predates me knowing about improv. Yeah. Like, I knew I wanted to do sketch comedy long before I knew there even was improv. Okay. And so once I found out that all of my heroes were trained improvisers, I was like, well, I guess that's what I have to do. That makes sense. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Um, so you just, you just kind of perfect segue. So aside from the obvious entertainment value and the clear advantage that it gives you as a performer, at least from my perspective, it does. I believe, uh, that practicing improv, even at a very basic base level can help you become a better employee, a better coworker, a better friend, a better partner. And in general, just a better person. Um, and, and I think, you know, some basic level of improv training should almost be mandatory um, because it just, it changes your whole perspective from I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to either do nothing or disagree to I'm ready to at least listen. Like to me, listening is the most important part of improv. At least that's my impression. And there's not enough listening going on in the world. So um, I wanted to get, you know, your perspective on Uh, Improv for a better society.
1: I mean, as hokey as what you're saying sounds. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds truly so hokey and downright stupid. However, it is true. And I do Mm. agree with you. Nice. And that's what's crazy. Because (laughs) much like... Uh, the other cult, Scientology, <laughs> improv- at its core is really about teaching people how to communicate. That's right. And that is the key to all interpersonal relationships it's uh, t- communication. It's listening, really. it's building ideas together, it's making your partner look good, it's making your partner feel seen. It's all of those things. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I do think that, again, as, truly Pollyanna crazy as this sounds. I do think that being a trained improviser has made me a better person.
0: Yes. Excellent. I love that. I'll take it a step further. I, I when I was, you know, cause I, I started getting into improv before COVID COVID comes around. It's got to all be online, which at first I was kind of bummed out about, but it actually worked out great. But I started thinking, mm-hmm. you know what? There is, probably some real benefit to people that are retired, right? They used to use their mind all the time and now they don't and they're sitting at home. And if you could connect all those people that are of the same age, same mindset, and just have them start playing these, you know, basic improv games together, A, I think it makes them happier and it makes them less depressed. And I also, and I, look, there's no scientific study here. So this is just me (laughs) saying it, but I believe that it's a way to maybe even help You know, uh, fight off dementia or you know other brain ailments because you got to think and you got to you know put it all together quickly. And I think it's like a muscle, like any other muscle. And the more you use it, the stronger it's going to be. So uh, I'm all in on uh, on improv to to save the world. They should do a study. I think they should. They really should. I'm in. I totally agree. I mean, look, I've got a couple of on Sudoku.
1: They keep you sharper than Sudoku will.
0: And the best part is now with everybody having a computer or a phone or some kind of device, you know, my mom's 70 something, she's got a phone, she can FaceTime. All of a sudden now, instead of having to do a book of Sudoku by yourself or a crossword puzzle or anything else, <laughs> Wordle, you know, it's like you can all of a sudden now connect to other people that you would never have met. And you might meet a friend, you might meet someone that you want to stay in contact with, who knows? Um, but more connectivity is always good for the human race. Okay I've become a huge fan of characters Welcome to be c- completely wow. honest. I didn't even know about it until I started trying to find you know more information out about you. I'm trying to do a, a good job as an interviewer and there are so wow, many f- cool. And there are so many funny videos on there. everybody listening you got to go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's really really cool. I love the concept of allowing people to develop and perform specific characters. I, again, highly encourage it. Go check it out. One of my favorite characters that you do is, is and I've, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I've seen the video more than a couple times, he goes by the name of Alex with a Y, which I think is
1: brilliant by itself.
0: <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't want drama, right? And, and, and then he proceeds to be extremely dramatic in his exposition of that fact. Um, and aside from the humor of the scene and the concept, I was impressed, uh, and I hope I hope this comes across the right way. I was impressed with your athleticism. Um, you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a solid guy. You're, you're like a strong guy. And you are dancing around that stage and moving like a ballerina. It's really nimble and very impressive. And so my question after saying all of that is, did you play any sports growing up? Or were you a dancer or a trained dancer? Because it was really something <laughs> to see you up there, honestly.
1: Uh, thanks. I <laughs> I played soccer as a youth. was terrible the entire time. Never improved even a smidge. <laughs> um, stopped that in middle school when I finally just begged my parents, like, please let me not be the failure of a person <laughs> at this. Uh, and they finally relented. Oh, um, so then, you know, in college – there was sort of the one, two punch of, um, why well, I was a theater major and then became, I, I went into a BFA program. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a pretty, a, a pretty substantial dance component of that BFA. So I took a lot of dance. Um, and at the same time, I started lifting weights. And so, um, those are probably the two, areas of physicality i am best at yeah. are dancing and weightlifting um and so yeah i've been doing both of those things for you know too long man yeah yep
0: no it was, it was I, I that that's that sketch always gets me um so following up um you know about characters in general so when i'm watching that video and others on the channel there's i couldn't believe how many they were and there were such cool ideas like you know, um, the rock was my bully in high school and the shining twins and all these different ideas. And I love that stuff. And it's, it's one of the best places for a single individual person to come up with an idea and to put it out there. And I guess my question for not just the ones you put out there, but the other people on the channel, do you think that some of those came out of like a spur of the moment improv, you know, um, performance and they're like, Oh, that, that was a funny character that I did that one you know, that one show, I'm going to try to expound upon that. Or is it more in the camp of, all right, what would be a funny character? This would be a funny character, somebody who's claiming they don't want drama, but then they dance around with a scarf on their head. Like is it is it, is it, is it spur of the moment, creativity and and spontaneity that yields these characters or is it planning or is it maybe a combination of both?
1: Well, I can only speak for myself. Um, uh I mean, the way Characters Welcome work towards the end there was, you know, you're bringing in scripts. We don't do any, like, improv to sketch. Mm -hmm. Not that people, initial inspiration for it couldn't have come from an improv scene, but by the time me and Justin, the co-creator and Mm -hmm. co-host, would see the piece, there was already a script. For my process, though, I, for the most part, um, come up with a premise and write it out. Um, There the main exception, I don't know if you got this far down the character's welcome rabbit hole, I imagine you did not. Okay. But um, I was on a Herald team once, and I did a character that felt so vivid, and the game was so clear and full, and the characterization was so specific that I was like, wow, I hope everyone's okay, but I'm going to write that up. (laughs) And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, you should write that Um, And it's a a character called the Creek man. Um, He's playing a a police chief, a new police chief in town who is rallying the officers to investigate the Creek man. But it's very clear that he in fact is. Couldn't be clearer.
0: I like it already. Uh. That's great, the Creek man. I just, I'm, I'm going to have to go check that out. When we're done here. Um, okay, what are your thoughts on the fourth dentist that does not recommend sugar-free gum?
1: Well, I get it because uh, I sort of feel that way about soda as well. So there's there's people who are like diet soda addicts. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I am one of them. Um, But there's another school of thought that is, I'm not going to drink soda very much. But when I do, I'm going to drink soda with sugar. Because I know what sugar is, and it's not a bunch of carcinogens mimicking the properties of sugar. So it's actually better for me. Uh, So I imagine that fourth dentist (laughs) is just saying, don't chomp on gum morning, noon, and night. But when you do... A little sugar is not going to kill you. Right.
0: Indulge a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt like, I, I, I like that take a lot better than mine. I always felt like he, he was the guy that was just hoping to cultivate more and new work for himself. You know, it's like, no, 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 che- mm. chew, chew, chew the Bubblicious, chew the Hubba Bubba. It's, you know, just gnaw away on it day <laughs> and night. Go to sleep with it in your mouth. It'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> I kind of like your uh, your answer better. All right. You can go on one game show. All right, Um, which one do you choose?
1: Wow, interesting. What game show do I go on? This is so stupid. (laughs) My favorite, talking to me for any length of time, you will hear me say that too much. Um, Always in a good way. Uh, This is extremely stupid, but my favorite um, game show growing up was Concentration which is a rebus puzzle that you have to figure out. Uh, Rebus is like pictures added together, uh, make a phrase. And so, um, yeah, I would do I would do Concentration. I would be on Concentration. What an insane answer.
0: Wow. I, so here's True the though. thing. I, I don't think that's stupid, but what I will say is that if somebody had given me a piece of paper and a pencil and, and say, write down all the things he might say to that, I probably would have gotten about 60 or 70 shows deep before I wrote For Concentration. Sure. But that's the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah, you would have had
1: Tic Tac Dough and Hot Potato in there.
0: Match Game. But no. I mean, you know, yeah. a million of them. <sighs> I Match Game. Match Game's great. I like the old version better than the new version, um, back when they were just drinking and smoking and, you know, it was the same six yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Just was...
1: booze and, yeah. <laughs>
0: booze and whatever they had backstage. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you okay. remember the first movie that you saw when you were younger? Uh, you know, because... When you're younger, senses of humor kind of evolve, right? First, it's like, you know, somebody farts, that's funny, that's still funny now. But, you know, somebody falls down, that's funny. Um, But then you get older and, like, you, you start to kind of get the, you know, the nuances of a true sense of humor. And so I'm wondering, is like, what was the first movie that you saw when you realized, oh, okay, that's funny and I get it. I understand why that's funny. Something that might have helped you, you know, start to form your sense of humor in general, but something that's kind of like that leveling up, that evolution of your sense of humor. Do you remember what movie might have done that for you?
1: Wow. Well, uh, again, I have two answers. Good. So the first movie I remember seeing at the theater, there are two and neither of them are comedies. But the third movie I remember seeing is Ron Howard's Splash love it and uh i don't think there's like necessarily killer jokes in that's pretty funny but like it has john candy it has eugene levy it has america's sweetheart tom hanks i mean it's it, just characterization wise it's like a it's a damn delight of yep. a movie agree um But the the movie I remember watching where I was like, oh, my brain is getting huge, like (laughs) getting new wrinkles watching it, (laughs) is um, The Naked Gun from The Files of the Police. Yes. Absolutely. I I saw that before I saw Airplane. Otherwise, I'd probably say Airplane, but I saw... um, naked gun first and was just like I've never seen anything like this I'm in
0: yeah no that's a great answer I I, so I my I love my mom so don't get mad at me mom for saying this but she took me to go see Animal House when I was seven years old um not the not the best movie for a seven-year-old to see and I remember watching it and thinking like I'm not even sure what how is this funny? Like, and then, you know, years later I watched it again. And it's like, okay, now all those jokes that were going completely over my head and made no sense to me. Now I get them, but I have to agree all those Leslie Nielsen movies, um, in that same, uh, style, you know, the over the top joke, a minute, like joke, 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 joke. Um, when I was like 12, 13, 14, I just could not get enough of those, um, including the naked gun series and airplane and all of them. So amen yeah, to that um okay what's the most aggressive sounding language on planet Earth the most aggressive and there is a right answer to this question hmm
1: okay um I think just sheer volume when I encounter it in um, life uh, would be Mandarin.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe I'm going to have to modify. Please explain. That's good.
1: Uh, Just, it, I, I, um, well, this is the most recent example is uh, I was sitting on a park bench and I heard a mother just screaming at her children. <laughs> and she, I, you know, I didn't understand the words obviously, but I felt like it was unmistakably angry. Right. And as her and her children got closer to me, Mm -hmm. it became very clear that she was just talking to them, not yelling at them, and that just the quality of the language is the thing that infused it with (laughs) aggression. Uh, To my ear, to my incorrect ear, Um, So yeah, to my... (laughs) probably fairly ignorant ears, Um, I would say Mandarin.
0: No, hey, I'm going to accept that as the second right answer. So I was going for German, but I think that there's some, even though they are completely separate languages from different, you know, origins, there are some similarities. And similarities are both that there's hard ends to words and there's enunciation and quick stops and a lot of consonants and, you know, obviously not consonants in Mandarin because that's not the character values that they have. But that same sound quality of like chuk, 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 and very like quick. And and, and uh, I think it's hard to say something beautiful in German. And as you just pointed out, it's hard to tell if a mother is screaming or just talking to her kid when they're speaking Mandarin. So we've got two right answers there, uh, German and Mandarin. <laughs> And I like that. All right. What is your best accent? What's the best accent that you can do as a performer?
1: Hmm.
0: As a performer. Or just as a person,
1: I guess. Well, um, the one I've probably used the most is standard British. There you go. I think I've done it in like, I don't know, a bunch of stuff at this point. I've done it in a bunch of plays. I did it on TV one. Um, so that's probably the, that's probably my go-to is like the one I don't feel like I have to go and do a bunch of tapes. still. Yep. Um, and then probably also just my, the accent I grew up with, oh. which is the Great Lakes, um, kind of Midwestern sounding accent, uh, with the, with the hard A's.
0: Wow. You've done a good um, job getting rid of it. Cause I, it's not even there at all.
1: Good, good. That is what I wanted you to say. Mission accomplished.
0: (laughs) Nothing against the people from the Midwest Great Lakes region. Love you all.
1: Oh, no, bless. I mean, my mother. My mother is the best person alive and also sounds like a crazy person. Would you talk?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, this is going to be a very tough question. Uh, And so right up front, I'm going to apologize before I even ask. But – of all the teams, the improv teams that you have been a part of, and you've probably forgotten more improv teams than most people have been a part of, but all the teams you've been a part of, what is your Mount Rushmore of improv teams? And when I ask that question, what I mean is Mount Rushmore, it's got four, you know, old white presidents up on a mountain in one of the Dakotas. I forget <laughs> which one. so let's let's replace all their faces with, instead, names of improv teams. I'm wondering what those teams would be that you were a part of.
1: That I was on?
0: Okay. Yes, sir. Yep.
1: Um, I think the the best improv team I was on was a Herald team called Ice Cold Bev. Um, and that was the last um, Herald team that I was on. Okay. And we... Just, we're really committed to getting good, and we, you know, it was like a little team of tryhards, and I like tryhards. Tryhards are my people, hmm. and um, you know, we kind of put our heads down and we're like, we need an opening that works for us, and so we kind of Frankensteined together this opening that did not exist before. That is <laughs> an amalgam of like three different. Uh, opening, I love that, and um, and we did that, and we had great shows, and our <clears throat> goal was to be kept together by the artistic director, and it happened; mm. we did get kept together. Um, and I was on that team until I felt I had to leave uh, when I became artistic director, because it felt like a conflict of interest to be right. um, giving other teams notes. Yeah. and deciding who gets to be on teams and who doesn't and also being on one. <laughs> right, right.
0: So, is a direct conflict of interest. And I'm going to actually yeah. make it so much easier for you and say that instead of four, we're just going to have one big one, and that's going to be the Mount Rushmore is that one because
1: um, – That's good because I kind of have embedded that many improv teams. Okay. Like to have a top four, it'd really only be leaving out two or three Okay. Teams. And that that like <laughs> bullying,
0: right, frankly. Totally. Let's just go for the best. That's good. All right. <laughs> so you brought up artistic director. uh And so yeah. one of your many duties, as you just mentioned, <clears throat> was to place people on teams, uh, you know, which seems to me just from the outside in, like a, like a, a hard and almost thankless job because you, you're never going to make most people... Happy. In fact, I'm imagining most people were probably like, well, what the fuck? That's a weird choice. Or I don't like that. Or I wish I was on this team or whatever the the complaint might be. So, you know, when you were making those tough choices, right, um, were they based more on, okay, who are the most talented people? And I'm going to get those most talented people all in the same group? Or was it more about, all right, well, these three people are super talented. These three people bring something different. Um, and you kind of mix the chemistry. So it's more about, instead of getting like the dream team of the 92 Olympics, you're, you're kind of pulling together some people that might be, you know, B plus try hard students that, you know, are teamed up really well with an A, um, or was it never anything that finite and more just a gut feel like that's the team right there?
1: Um, great. Yeah, I, I, it it definitely is a strange alchemy. It's not who are the... It's not like, here's a list of the funniest people. Right. Let's put them all together. It's like, this team will have these three players that are game of machines. These three players that play emotionally and from the gut and two wild cards. So you need to, when, when you're casting... Mm. Um, You've got to think of it as a cast, as an ensemble, yep. rather than eight drones carrying out your their improv duties. Right. So, yeah, uh, I do think it is much more that second one. You got to have heart. You got to have heart. A Herald team isn't that your top eight funny people. It's um, a really funny collection of different weirdos. Yep.
0: Yep. That's cool. How long did you do that for?
1: A year and a half.
0: A year and a half. I bet it felt like longer than that.
1: Oh, it felt like a decade.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Quick question, uh, about improv online. So of course in the last two years, you know, there are now starting to creep back into, to live shows. But for the most part, for a long time, if you wanted to practice, if you wanted to put on a show, you were doing it via Zoom or Google Meet or whatever. Um, and so while in, it's limiting in many ways, you know, it's it's tougher to do big physical moves when you're behind the camera and nobody can see but your head or whatever, you know, body part might be in front of the camera. Do you think that uh, it's opened up new improv skills that might not have been tapped into because you're kind of forced into a smaller room into a smaller box and therefore you've got to kind of create new ways to, to be an improv performer. Or do you think that the only real way to do improv is, is live and the other thing was just a crutch and a bridge to get to a place where it could happen again?
1: I think two things about this. One is that ultimately, yeah, it is a, crutch and that we were doing it because we had to and under no circumstances should be the default way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But the other is about proximity and access and how exciting that you are able to improvise with people who aren't in your city, who aren't in your country. One of the great things about Squirrel is that we have students from all over the world, coming together to get funnier, um, and so I can't discount that. Um, the other thing is, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I do think it makes you a better improviser, but I think dealing with your face as you as you do when you're when you're improvising over Zoom mm-hmm. is you are learning how to calibrate your face in a way that will make you a better film actor, for Hmm. sure. And so I think it'll make you a better actor as a result. And if you're better at acting, you're going to be better at improvising.
0: Interesting. So it's all about face calibration leading to... um improve because when improve you're on skills. stage
1: and when you're on stage in person you can't see what you're doing That's what your right. face looks like when you improvise but man every week that Borabish did a weekly <laughs> online show on Thursday night uh yeah I knew exactly what my crazy ass <laughs> face was doing <laughs> and so you can kind of check in and and do a bit of course correcting Or lean into the crazy thing you're doing and make it bigger. But I don't know. I mean, I do think like you can learn from yourself in an improv scene, in an online improv scene um, where you can see yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Awesome. All right, we are down to the last two questions. And the last question is going to be the easiest. Um, great uh, second to last. Um, so as I mentioned before, you know, you've performed on a number of different platforms, Broadway, sketch, TV, improv, and, and just a quick shout out to one of your, uh, you, I think you were on a show with Michelle Wolf, if I'm not mistaken, and, uh, oh a, yeah, it's
1: a couple episodes of the break with Michelle Wall. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Very there was much. there's one this one character, I forget his name, but you've got the purple elephant on. You're driving around. You got a top hat. Um, oh
1: my Off god, Op Ed. Is his Thank
0: name. you, Op Ed. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, of all the different things that you've done as a performer, what's what's the one that you just feel like okay, this like because it's so different, right? When you're when you're filming a sketch. For a TV show, it's like cut, try it again, do this, whereas improv is the exact opposite, like where do you feel the most comfortable What do you, what do you like the most?
1: Um, my favorite thing in the world is sketch comedy, yeah, it's what I you know fell in love with and drove me to this completely illogical uh, <laughs> pursuit yeah, uh, so um, you know. I, My main goal, like in my life, is just to get to do sketch comedy on television. And certainly the biggest example I have of that is getting to play op ed on Michelle Wolf's show. Because it was, you know, he was the title character of this sketch. Like that sketch is all op ed, Um, it hinges on this performer. um, And that felt like exactly what I want to be doing, yeah, every day
0: <clears throat> that's cool, and, and you know what, and you got a chance to do it, which is something that not a lot of people can say now now it's all coming back to me. The whole idea was no matter what it is, we're going to throw it in the paper it doesn't even it doesn't even have
1: to be oh, real. yeah just like well, every <laughs> every opinion is valid <laughs> that's yes. right.
0: all right, so we are down to the last question, and as promised, it's the easiest one yet. So for the studio audience here, the folks listening at home, where can people learn more about the genius that is Mike Hartney? Where can they see you perform? What's ha- what's happening next? Where do they find you?
1: Cool. Um, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Hartney. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you can find Characters Welcome stuff at YouTube.com slash Characters Welcome. Mm-hmm. And for all the shows I'm doing with The Squirrel, you can go to the Um Look specifically for my improv team, Bora Bish. We perform every Monday night at 7.30 at Under St. Mark's in East Village. Um, and Characters Welcome, the live version, we do um, uh, like the second Sunday of every month at 7.30, also at Under St.
0: Mark. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm actually planning, me and my girlfriend are planning a trip to New York City specifically to do two things, among other things. But the two cornerstones are go to a rat, uh, rat scrap show and go to Borbish, too. So, um,
1: Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I might be in both of those. I do rat scrap here and there as well. Awesome. So it'd it, be
0: cool. It be the Mike Hartney. Do you prefer Mike or Mike Michael? I should ask you that first. Michael. Michael, Michael I go by. Uh yeah. it, it'll be the Michael Hartney weekend. Well, uh if you could see the crowd here, Michael, <laughs> you would be blown away. They are standing up, they're applauding. <laughs> oh uh, Wow. Oh yeah. Like Nero. They they're very in unison. They've got, you know, big huge flags with your face on it. They're doing the wave. Um, and sincerely, I really do appreciate you taking time and being on the show. As I said, I'm a big fan, uh, and, um, hope to see more of you soon. Thank you for coming on the show. And I hope you have uh, I hope you have a great evening. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good night. All right. Take care, Michael. So fun to be here. All right. Bye. Bye.